Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a football Friday here on Birds 365 with your two good buds, Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. Johnny Mac, the Eagles roster building season continues, and it's a long one. It's Howie Roseman likes to point out uh, all the way up to the uh, trade deadline and or in-season signings, of which the Eagles made a couple this year at the defensive tackle position. Well, yesterday was the addition of a defensive tackle guy 
Contavious Street. Now, when I saw the name, uh, heard about the signing, I said, well, I remember him from the draft a couple of years ago, and he was somewhat well thought of, got hurt before um, the actual draft and probably cost them some positioning in the draft. Uh, but I remember thinking he was a pretty good player coming out of college, and then he's had the injury injury issues that he's had. And five years into his NFL career, four with the 49ers, five with the Saints, I would describe him as a jag. He's he's just a guy. A guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he becomes more than that, I'll be glad to eat some Eagle Crow right here on Birds 365. If he is a major disruptor on the defensive line. I'm not saying it's a bad signing by any stretch of the imagination. We don't even know what the dollar values are. Um, so you cannot uh, come to I got a pretty good indication what they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I could go out on that same limb yeah. with you and say, yeah, I think I know where he's going to fall. But until we know that, we don't know that. He's got a chance. He's, he's going to be part of the mix. He's a depth signing is what I look at Contavious Street as. Uh, do you have higher hopes or lesser hopes? Or what was the first thing you thought of when you heard uh, that the Eagles were adding Contavious Street to their defensive tackle mix? Uh, draft proofing. Draft proofing the roster, you know, is, is how I like to describe it. So, you know, you need a certain amount of bodies at certain positions and you want to have at least a fallback plan available so you don't feel the need to, to reach in the draft. And by reach, I mean anywhere. But forget about first round, second. I mean, you know, even seventh round. You don't want to feel the need, oh, we got to get a defensive tackle. Right. So you just take the best defensive tackle. So that's how I look at it. That's what they're doing. You know, how he this week out in Arizona called them lottery ticket signings you know they try to find he fits the theme mid-20s you mentioned he's played five years he's going to be 27 in may um so he's you know still young he's got some upside you mentioned the injury hurt himself at his pro day actually so he missed his entire rookie season but he has been able to to get back and be relatively healthy over the past number of years um undersized guy so he's more of the three technique um in a lot of ways i'm not comparing them as players but he's the same type of player as Javon hargrave but you know he's a better pass rusher than he is uh, a run defender um which is kind of a theme with the eagles defense it seems um but yeah i mean it's a lottery ticket and if one or two of those guys of the group hits great um if one hits great but i i saw a bunch of people really excited about the signing i'm like i don't know if you've seen this guy play um 100 seconds of 127 per pro football focus really and i said it really undersized i mean really poor against the run i saw a bunch of saints writers talking about it I mean, he was getting blown off the ball in the run game. So, um, rotational player at best, and it will not preclude the Eagles from drafting a defensive tackle if they feel 
a defensive tackle is warranted at any point. Right. What it comes down to for me is, and I know we're a long way off from this, uh, is he better than Marlon? <laughs> to me, that's kind of, and I know they're not the same exact type of player, but you've got X amount of guys within the defensive tackle rotation. Marlon, of course, injured last year, but given the chance, the coaching staff led by Nick Sirianni would always talk up Marlon and they always include him in the mix when they were running down all the options that they have at the defensive tackle position. Is this guy going to be better than Marlon? Uh, to me, that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, like you said, you got to hit on a lottery ticket. Anybody can buy a lottery ticket, but then you got to hit it. Yeah. And sometimes you hit it and you get a couple of bucks more than you shelled out for the ticket. You're hoping for the grand prize payoff, which I really don't think Contavious Street is going to be, but uh, that's why you buy a lottery ticket. And sometimes you look at a ticket, you didn't match any numbers, and you move off it pretty quickly. And that's what I'll say about Contavious Street. I'm not saying uh, he's got no chance to make this team. I'm saying he's not a given to make this team. I think he's part of the depth and part of the valuation process during this offseason, and we'll see where it goes. You mentioned the fact that, oh, if they think they need to draft a defensive tackle, they draft. Oh, they're going to draft a defensive tackle. Oh, unless, yeah. unless they got two more lottery ticket signings that are going to come over the next uh, 27 days, because that's how far we have to go between now and the draft. Oh, yeah, they, 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 that is going to be a position where they're going to hit the refresh button and try and get a young stud that they can keep in the mix for uh Four, yeah, because four, remember, Jody, and remember how deep they were at defensive tackle last right. year. I mean, they play a lot of defensive tackles. So it wouldn't surprise me if he made the team as sort of that fifth defensive tackle playing, you know, 15 snaps a game or something like that as a rotational player. But if this he played 46% of the snaps in New Orleans, I believe the number was, if it gets that high, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. That that means things didn't go the way you planned. Um, so yeah, 40, 46 is a pretty big number. Very big number. Um, and that means it doesn't seem know, like it, but it is. If you if you know oh, how yeah. most teams deploy their defensive yeah. tackles. Well, even sports. more so with the Eagles because they're deeper than most teams. So a lot of teams still, you know, they're. I think we get. You know, hyper. Well, we do. That's the name of the show, right? Purge three. We get hyper focused on the Eagles. Most teams aren't as deep as the Eagles. So, if you have a star defensive lineman, they're playing, you know, 90 percent of the snaps because they don't have that kind of depth. And that's one of the things Nick Sirianni loves is thinks he has an advantage, or he did last year with the depth. But the Eagles came at you in waves and waves and waves and waves. So they're even more so. They want that rotation. And if he's playing that much, that means Fletcher's hurt. That means Milton's not playing the way Milton's supposed to play. Um, draft pick, potentially. Yeah, you're right, though. Differing positions. Marlon's interesting because he can kind of toggle back and forth. He's a pretty good run defender, and he can play a little three technique, a little four-eye technique. This guy's a strict three technique, four-eye technique, um, and he's really undersized, so... 
I, I, I keep talking about the Eagles defending the run. I talked about it last year, and it didn't matter. I mean, when, they when did the they Super when Bowl. did they start worrying about the run, John? The they don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't care. And and now people they got gashed by Isaiah Pacheco in the Super Bowl at times. You know, they're not very good. That They don't care. It's evident. They bring in Nick Morrow at linebacker. They're playing the Kobe Dean, who I think has got a chance to be a really good player, but he's really undersized. Hassan Reddick, we talk about how undersized they are up front. Now you're bringing in a 287-pound defensive tackle to go, <laughs> to go along with it. It's basically Jordan Davis. Hey, Jordan Davis, stop the run. That's basically uh, – uh, I feel bad for Jordan. I really do. They play two high safeties all the time. They're turning nickel cornerbacks into safeties. Uh, and, and they, they, Except you know. they signed Edmonds. That, that, that's the one. That's true. That's true. Him. He's the one. And one signing yeah. who's right. more stopping the run than covering let, the pass. Let me say, okay, Jordan Davis and Terrell Edmonds. Go stop there you the go. run. Exactly yeah. right. And, oh, by the way, um, I don't judge a player's ability to stop the run purely by it. I'm not saying you do either, but you're leaning toward it. You get on a scale and then tell me whether you can stop the run. Or no, yeah. The run. I mean, and it's all about weight. No, it isn't because no, there are yeah, some guys be... that are undersized that are great at stopping the run. There are some big guys that are big that can't stop the run because they can't even move. Uh, so I'm not falling into that trap. Of, yeah, you could be 350 pounds and be a terrible player. And exactly. Able to, and, and Aaron Donald, you know, you know, he could still, even though people would criticize him at times, I don't think they know that what they were looking at. But um, in a case of, of Jordan Davis, uh, most specifically, because he, I think there's so many Eagles fans, I oh, just got to rush the passer. He's got to rush the passer. He's got to rush the passer. He's not here to be Aaron Donald. He's he's not here to be Javon. He's here to be Haloti Nada and not the Haloti Nada who played here at the end of his career the guy who was making Pro Bowls early in his career. That's who he's here to be. He's here to be Pat Williams, if you remember Pat Williams. He's here to be that guy. Um, he's not here to be, um, you know, the pass rusher. So I do think there's a difference. But you're right. I mean, they have Noah uh, Ellis, who's Kristen's brother, um, who's 350. I don't know if he could play. Right. I mean, he's got the frame. You could see what they're thinking. You know, let's get a backup for that position, but you got to be able to play on top of it. And, oh, by the way, with Jordan Davis, and don't kid yourself, he's going to be very much a key for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Um, I acknowledge that he's never going to be a number getter. He's not going to be a guy who's going to get uh, eight sacks or something like that. He may, but um, j just don't think it's fair to project that on him uh, at this stage of his career. Um, and he's going to take up two blockers, and he's going to make it easier for everybody else on the line, give you all that. I want to see a couple more tackles this year. And he's a rookie, so he gets startup cost deduction. This year he's got to make some more tackles. Doesn't have to be sacks. <laughs> Doesn't always have to be tackles for loss. But he's got to make a couple more tackles. And, of course, he missed games and uh, was injured this past year, but – uh, his numbers were a little underwhelming. For, well, you know me, Jody. I said day one, I was worried about it. I was worried about, and I used esoteric. I said, I think this pick is esoteric, and I don't think a lot of people are going to get it. 
And, you know, when you're picked 13 in the draft, and I see it all, the, I see it every day on Twitter. He's got to get to the passer. He's got to get to the passer. He's got to get to the passer. I was worried about that because of the expectations. Now, I don't think the Eagles give up flying hoots. Uh, if he turns into the player they think he's going to be, they're going to be fine with it. As I said, if he turns into Haloti Nada in his prime, they're going to be fine with it. But, yeah, for the people who think, you know, he's going to rush the passer, and I've heard it, Damo says it. And I have no, no – there's nobody more in the world I respect than Damo. You know, because of his unique physical gifts, you know, we've never seen a guy that size move like Jordan Davis when you do the measurables at the combine. Because of his unique athletic ability at his size, there's some projection that, well, he could be a good pass rusher and be what the Eagles expect him to be. And maybe that's the case because he is so unique. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that was ever the plan. I think the plan was, you know, go go take up two blockers and let the other guys make the plays. I think that's the plan. I think that remains the yeah, plan. Yeah, see, and this is where I come down more on the he's got to get to the quarterback, even though I'm not saying that. Just taking up two blockers is not enough for me. If you're the 13th pick in the draft, you got to do more than take up two blockers. You got to make a play every once in a while. You got to actually make a tackle. You can't be just a guy who deploy because yeah, do you, I don't think you do. I know the Eagles do, but I know I don't. Do I break down every play of the defense and and try and figure out exactly whether he took up two blockers on each and every single play? No, I don't. I don't have that uh, type of uh, access, that type of tape. So, yeah, you got to make a play every once in a while. doesn't have to be like a Fletcher Cox, seven or eight sacks. That's not his game. And you should have known that the day that you draft him, that if he has one season where he has more than seven sacks, I'll be happy for it if he plays a decade for the Eagles. But I'm not just giving him a, oh, he's so big and uh, he, he's going to take up two. T- I don't know that he takes up two blockers on every single play. Well, they, and if that's they not do. the case, you got to make a tackle every once in a while, big guy. Well, that they do. That's kind of the point. I'm saying if he develops into the player, they think like they're not going to care. They're not because again, and again, I use that word esoteric, you know, say it turns into Georgia, right. Um, and, and Nicobe Dean turns into a, a, a pro bowl linebacker for three years. Cause they won't resign him for the fourth year. But um, you know, then it's like, they're fine. They're cool. They don't care. Everybody can say what they want on Twitter and say, oh, he's got to get a go. He's got to get a sack. But if, 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 if Fletcher's get, you know, if Fletcher turns into seven sacks to nine sacks or 10 sacks, you know, how do you measure that? Well, you can't really measure that with traditional statistics. They measure it with Alec Hallaby and all the analytics and they know what they want him to do. Now, he hasn't done what they want him to do yet. That's why they went out and got Linval Joseph. Now, he was trending in a positive direction before he got hurt. Um, he was playing pretty well. I think people forget before he got hurt, and then he got hurt, and then it was pretty much – I think there's some concern there as well because it took him a long time to get back from that injury. So I think there's some legitimate concerns – but, yeah, I, yeah I, I think from their standpoint, if, if everything else falls into place, they're fine with it. They're, they're completely fine with it. But I don't think, I don't think other people are going to be fine with it, which is one of the difficult positions of 
of running an NFL team. Because when you do take somebody at 13, we talk about expectations all the time. There are expectations. And my concern from day one is he's not going to live up to those expectations, even if he becomes a really good player and what the Eagles think he's going to become. He's not going to live up to those expectations. That was my concern. Right. And my point is where, again, I guess I'm defending those who are questioning Jordan Davis. Um, 13 is pretty damn high for esoteric. That's what if, I mean. If, if, you're going, if you're going 13, if you take a guy in the mid-second round and he's a guy who's going to make other players around him better, he's not going to give you anything you can statistically latch on to. Okay, I, I, I'll buy that. I'll believe you when you say he's doing things that are giving others the chance to put the stats on the board. Trading up to number 13, you got to show me a little bit more than just esoteric. It doesn't have to be stats because we know, uh, excuse me, sacks, because we know that's what, and it's not even, with the Philadelphia defensive critics, it's all about pressure. It's an, And you'll never be pressure. You'll never be considered part of pressure if you're playing defensive tackle. It's all about the blitz. It's all about the extra yeah. guy. It's all about going above and beyond. So you're never even going to get any credit for that, which, of course, is wrong. If you are doing a job going up the middle and collapsing the pocket, you should get credit for that. But you got to give me something other than just well, let me, doing let me, a job let... because the coaches say so watching the film. You, well, let you, me, you gotta uh, you gotta hang a stat on the board. It doesn't have to be sacks. It could be pressure. It could be hits. It could be tackles. But you got to put something up on the board. Well, let me ask you this then, Jody, because I'll I'll go back to Haloti Nada, and it's interesting because Haloti, I just looked it up, was the number twelve pick in the draft, number twelve. Now, if he turns into that player, is he worth it? it like you, you're saying, you got to put things up. In Haloti's case, well, he put up Pro Bowls and All Pros. He had 32 sacks in 14 years. But he was so dominant, you know. So that's what he's going to put up if he turns in the play. He's going to put up – he's going to put up all pros. He's going to put up pro bowls. But what he's not going to put up is statistics. Sack numbers, yeah. Is that worth it? That's what that's what yeah, I go can be to absolutely can be, but you, you seem like you got you got not as uh, statistics in front of yeah. you. Yeah, thirty two and a half sacks in fourteen years. What were what was his top tackles number? Top tackle number was sixty four. Okay, so wake me when Jordan. I won't ask him to get to sixty four because that was over a long period of time. Wake me when he gets fifty tackles. How many tackles and did Jordan Davis one, have last two, year? He got 50, one, two, three, four, five, six out of his 14 years. Six out of 14 years. Um, and now, Jordan, toward the, you know, during and Jordan the Davis end, had what last year? And he missed five games, so 13 games. Did did he even get 25 tackles? I'd have to look it up, but it, no, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, in, in his first year as the 12th overall pick, he had uh, 31 tackles. Haloti Nada played all 16 games, so less than two a game. Is it worth it? I say yes. A lot of people say no. I say if, if he becomes that I say player, wait and, I say wait and see. Well, uh, and, and I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just saying year one. We got one year to evaluate with injuries 
put that into the mix because, as you correctly pointed out, um, the Eagles had gone out and gotten the two veteran tackles. So even when he came back from the injury afterwards, the amount of snaps that he was taking, I guarantee you, Lodi Nada, in every single year that he played in the NFL, was taking a higher percentage of snaps than well, not Davis late in his career. Year. I mean, we saw him here late in his career, but obviously, I'm not talking about late in his career. Um, I'm talking about in his prime, and I'm just saying he, 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 that's a great player. I mean, that's it's, it, that is a borderline Hall of Fame player. Right, but he's a perfect comparison because, yeah. as you just pointed out, Nada was the yeah. 12th pick, Jordan Davis was the 13th pick. What, what the I'm, expectations should line up right with each other. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, Jody, if he turns into Holodi Nada, and, and the odds are against that, to be blunt, I mean, that is a really good player. As I said, borderline Hall of Fame player. Um, if he turns into that, Will people say it's worth it? Should, I don't even know they if they should. will. Well, I don't even know they if don't, they will. If they don't, then they don't understand football. But I will say in season one, with explanations, injury issues, and the way the season went, and he'll sign another guy's, he, he, he doesn't look Haloti not alike just yet. He's still got to get there. Surely you hope he can, but he, he didn't come out and jump to that immediate comparison in year number one. All right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Mac and Mac guys. Oh, look who's aboard waiting in the uh, dark room. It's not the waiting room. It's the dark room when it is. It looks Rose. pretty light in there. looks he's, pretty light. It's a su- sunny day. Yeah, he's covering his eyes. <laughs> Bob Groots uh, from the Delco Times going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Streaming in here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac. We've got our, by, uh, our guy, Bob Groats, from the Delco Times, longtime Eagle Beat reporter. Who, oh, by the way, if there's any reason to hit the like button, it's Bob Groats. Come on. You guys love when Groats joins us. He's He is one of our star guests each and every single time he comes on. So for the 200 and change you on there right now, I expect each and every single one of you to hit the like button. That a good enough introduction, Bob. Yeah, and if they don't hit it, I will. There we go. Give us we'll take life, we'll Bob. take any way we can get it, Groats. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah. that. You're gonna help Not the out around. I want to get a like from Contavia Street, but I don't think I did. What? What? Yeah, what you, one of us. You, you excited about the Contavia Street pickup? No, I, I, I no. He. What's your favorite street? Is it, <laughs> he uh, makes the team. I'll broad. Is it broad or Contavious? Yeah. I, I do like this. Um, the Eagles are bringing guys in that uh, that are full of energy. These are all, you know, like depth guys, and they're full of energy. They're going to give you everything they got. Um, I don't know if any of them can play. Terrell Edmonds? I mean, the Steelers tried to – you know, they I think they put his stuff outside the locker room, you know, and he didn't get that message and ended up re-signing with him because they needed somebody else. I, I, he's an effort guy, but I don't think. Yeah. You know. Well, he's the one guy we know about because he's played so much. He started yeah. five seasons. Yeah, he, on, he a, gives, on a pretty on good a, defense. I mean, more often he than gives not, up, he gave up all the touchdowns. He gave <laughs> up defense. all the touchdowns. I mean, is yeah. is Terrell Edmonds going to be your twenty twenty three James Bradbury? Are we? I think he's a competent player. Like of all, all right. the of all the one year guys they signed. He's the one guy where you can say, all right, he's, he's, he's started. He's been, he's not, he's not splashy, but he's solid. I don't, my problem with Terrell Edmonds, Bob, is I don't get the fit. He's a box safety. He's a Malcolm Jenkins type safety. I don't want he, that type of safety. He's a special teams guy, John. Right. He's not even, he's wow. not even going that He's far. not. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're getting there. All hey, right. You talked to just talking to a couple of people back in Pittsburgh and not coaches, but people that watch the team. They were surprised that um, he was back with the team last year. So he's just he's a little better than average. He was overdrafted. I'll take a little better than average. That's my point. I agree with you. That's that's fine. I'll take that. Well, Well, but that's what you get. You get special teams out of that, you know. He he's he should have been drafted probably this at least the second day or the third day. Oh yeah, he shouldn't have been the first round. Pick. I mean, that's part of the problem. He, he's he a first is what round he is. Pick. So we were just talking about that with Jordan Davis. Expectations. He, he'll always be labeled as a first round pick. You know me. You're you you know editors, Bob. One of my pet peeves yeah. as an editor is when people say former first round pick. You're never a former first round pick. Once you're a first round pick. You're a first-round pick. You're a 2018 first-round pick or a 2019 first-round pick. I say that semantically, but right. 
you're always a first round pick. Always. Yeah. No, you, you always are. You, you're correct. But former fills out the paragraph better if you put that <laughs> in. And, and I disagree with you. Once you sign for $1.8 million, guess what? You're a former first round pick. If you're not still benefiting from that first round pick status, you've officially become former. You're just a jag. You're another well, guy not, who's not, signing for under two million dollars. But, but I'm not talking not maybe from an evaluation standpoint. From an editorial standpoint, no. Trust me, you're always a first round. Pick. Right, yeah, nobody's enough. a former first and, round. Pick. And when Grote said he gave up all the touchdowns, I thought he was going down to Jalen Mills Road because that was my uh, big knock against the evaluation of Jalen Mills. Every single touchdown pass the Eagles gave up while Jalen Mills played here, it was because of him. It was always on Jalen Mills, which I thought was just flat out wrong. Yeah, he gave up some. He'd get burnt. He'd take his chances. He'd get a wrong read and would look real bad on TV or on tape. But he wasn't nearly as bad as some people made him out to be. And I hope that's uh, valid comparison, though. Valid comparison. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, if, if, he's if the if guy. Jalen Mills for less than $2 million. I think he's I can gonna probably be, live with that. Yeah. He's going to be in a. Terrell Edmonds will be in a lot of highlight shots only for the other team. Oh, okay. oof. He is. This year. You are right play. on this, John. He this, is. Here's uh, Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For growth. He'll be noting whenever he gets burned. Well, unfortunately, un you, you know, the only reason Bradbury came back is he took the discount. Yeah, well, that's true. But unfortunately for Eagles fans, in Bob's mind, he might be this year's Bradbury. But I will say he's not going to turn into a a second-team All-Pro like last yeah, year. No, that's Bradbury. what Eagle fans have to root for, yeah. that Bob's got the what? wrong read on him the same way he had the wrong read on uh, Bradbury. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna yeah, happen. I, I'm not. I mean, the guy he he is what John said. I mean, he's a box safety. Um, you, you put you try and have him cover anybody, and they're gonna catch the ball. He that's just not what he does. But uh, he is physical. Maybe he'll help out. You know, I, they, if the if this coordinator is sharp, bring him in in uh, the short yardage and and situational plays things like that, and and use him that way because uh, their their run defense is still. Uh, well, their defense, you know, I mean, what, 38 points? I can't figure season. out their run defense, Bob. Yeah, they got, yeah. They're signing 217-pound linebackers. They're uh, bringing in 285-pound defensive tackles. They don't care about stopping the run. You know, Keanu Neal, now the, the guy who, who signed with the Steelers, I, yeah. I don't know how much interest. They brought him in for that. a visit. But yeah. yeah, but he can cover. He can cover. He does get hurt, though, so. You want somebody who's going to be reliable too. Uh, well, he got two years, the, so he's out the door. The Eagles aren't giving yeah, anybody but, two years, right? That would have been the much better signing, if you ask me. I mean, he can still. Uh, he's not. He doesn't run like he used to. I think because of the injuries, but he's smart and uh, and he's around the ball. I think that would have helped. So uh, he would have been kind of your Kaiser White of the secondary. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, he, he's more of a linebacker at this point than. Uh, modern linebacker than safety that's part of the part of the problem with keanu yeah, but didn't, I, the cowboys, didn't the cowboys tried out with him and yeah he didn't like it quickly. he didn't want to do it he didn't want to do it um but the, yeah they played him in linebacker um and then he went back to safety where was he last year i forget uh, oh, uh tampa was it tampa no. no 
but he went back to safety. He didn't like playing linebacker. Atlanta which, was he yeah. a Falcon last year? Yeah, I think he was yeah. Atlanta last okay. year. But uh, I I yeah, got a I question mean, for both you guys, um, and it's so up for something that Jeff Laurie said the other day uh, when he addressed uh, the media out in Arizona. He talked about was asked about the Eagles retaining some of their uh, free agents, many of them over thirty, older guys as compared. As not compared to McDonald, McMullen, and Gross, but compared to other NFL players that over 30 makes them old. And he tied it to, yeah, we love these guys because they are part of the character of the team, that, that, that they make up what the team is all about. And I get that. I understand that. But how much does uh, character and the way that you build a team and put it together have to do with winning and how much does winning have to do with building the character of the team? We all, we all say it's all about uh, the, the feeling in the building and the character and the way that it comes together. And that gives you winning or does winning help build character? Of course, I'm talking chicken and egg here. And Jeffrey Laurie was certainly putting in them in a distinct order because we have high character players, because we have the type of culture that we have, that's why we win or do they win? And does that build the culture on the team? If you understand my question, I'm not doing a great yeah. job of asking it, but see if you can answer it just the same player players win. And uh, you know, this culture stuff, sure. You, you want to, you don't want to have a lot of drama in the locker room, but um, you know, my response to that would be Chauncey Gardner Johnson. His subtraction He's, helps the uh, he, culture. He, no, 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 no. I, I would have signed him. He, he's the best oh, guy you, in that you, secondary. You don't care about the culture. You had to keep Chauncey Gardner. John. I got they, you. They have enough. They have enough leadership there that they could um, they could take that on. But um, you know, yeah, they we, already we'll, did. We, they already proved yeah. they did. Yeah, mm -hmm. we shall see. We shall see. You know, he bringing back um, Slay, who's uh, if you ask me, he, he's he's just not the guy he was when he when he first came here. So. And Bradbury, you know how I feel about him. I mean, he, he's a great guy. He he's he plays a, a, a an energetic game, but he just can't run anymore. He's like, you know, it, it's uh, uh it, it, he's not the fastest corner, but man, he's a good player. But not the he's, fastest, John. I tell you, he's a oh good. My. In this in this defense and the defense they play. In what defense? We don't know what this guy's oh, going to do. Know. We know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to play the same damn scheme they played last year. Yeah. In this defense. He's going to play the Chicago steam, uh, scheme. And which is what that is. <laughs> well, it, when Vic was there, it's this scheme. And Bottom line, there, the Eagles still scheme. are going to have to win games the way they did last year. Put up well, Jeffrey Lurie, Jeffrey Lurie admitted that. Yeah. This game's about offense, oh, offense, wow. offense, offense. Not a revelation, defense, wasn't offense. it, John? Yes, it was. Well, wasn't that a rough? I mean, it was. It was. A I revelation. had to take a knee when I heard that. I took it, a knee. It, it, no, I agree with he you. He has spoken. Now it was a revelation to people who think, for whatever reason, they never listen to it, and they think the Buddy Ryan days are coming back where you can dominate yeah, no, defensively. Right. It, it's a revelation to those, or it should be, but it's not. So what about, what about all the stat geeks who keep telling everybody, oh, the Eagles defense is 
it ranks in the top five in, in these categories. You know? Well, it did. That's the point, though. When you run up, and that's what Do you know said. why it did. Yeah, because of the offense. That's just that's it. why. That's well, that that's doesn't mean they need. They know how to play defense. They that's didn't know how to it. rush the pass. That's passer. part of it. But everybody, everybody throws out like it's an insult. It's not an insult. The Eagles' defense was good against bad quarterbacks, um, and and they weren't good against good quarterbacks. Well, which to me good. is common sense. To me, yeah. that's common sense. But that was what Jeffrey was saying, and he actually brought up the Patrick Mahomes of the world, and the, and Jalen. He he now believes belongs in that category, and all the great quarterbacks. We know the names. You can't stop those guys in today's game. So you got to find a way to get the Brandon Graham stop like Super Bowl 52. Yeah. You know, you got to, yeah. you got to, you got to be able to keep up with them and you got to be able to get a stop somewhere along the way. That's where you got to rush the pass. So you got to, you got to generate some yeah. heat on those quarterbacks, you know, yeah. get them out, out of their, try to get them out of their, their sweet spot. But and, what uh, I'm saying, Bob, and you can't blame it on the football field either. You can't blame it no, on the, can't. the playing that, surface. No. Everybody played on the same surface. Yeah. Right. But my point is, Bob, is this insanity that you got to play well against Patrick Mahomes in this era. You got to stop Patrick Mahomes. You're not stopping good offenses. You're not, you got to find a way to keep up with them. And then again, find the one stop, the one key stop. There's not this assumption that, oh, this defense stinks because they can't stop Patrick Mahomes or they can't stop um, the high-powered offense. Nobody can. Nobody can stop the Eagles. They watch it every week. They can't stop them. Kansas City sure as hell didn't stop them. And they sure as hell wouldn't have stopped them if they kicked the field goal. And there would have been a whatever one forty two left. Eagles were going down the field and scoring. I don't know, John. John, they they stopped him in the second half. I mean, uh, hey, they did. When they got that lead, stop them. When they I, got that lead, how quick? I know did the you don't like Spagnuolo. You, you don't nice. like John. He does not like yeah, Spagnuolo. He, he is one of the most overrated defensive players. <laughs> but he had a, a very good plan for that second half. He got him the ball back. They controlled the ball, but he got him now. The here's ball what back. I like about Steve. He understands the modern game. He understands it's what I just said. It's about getting yeah. a stop, getting a key stop. He, as I said, he's 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 been in charge of two of the three worst defenses in NFL history. That that to me is good coaching. Like if you have crap, and he had crap in those years, obviously, one with the Giants, one with the Saints. Um, obviously, he didn't have the personnel. But you got to turn that into 20. You know, if you're a great defensive coordinator, you're not going to make it a good defense. But you can't have the worst defense in history. I mean, you got to be able to scheme up something. That's one of that's my problem with Steve. But he you does can't, understand you can't have walk in touchdowns either. I mean, you, you just can't have that, you know? It would have been three, right? No, well, hey, the Eagles didn't play well in the second half. I mean, that's there's no question about but I, it. Here, here's the thing. Right now with the Eagles, they're still not – if you ask me, they're still not better than they were last year. Oh, no. So well, they, they lost they seven stuff. starters. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the draft. And, and guys, I, I think, um, you know, the offensive line, I think that's an option. I don't, I don't think that they're going to take an offensive lineman if they stay at 10. I think they they're going to trade back. 
I, I think they trade back, yeah, and they get some because because they're going to need draft picks. And there's there's offensive linemen you could trade back for, and there's edge rushers. There's not a lot of them, but there's some that are going to be available if you trade back. Modest. Well, I definitely think they're going to trade back, whether it's yeah. ten or thirty. They're going to add picks. They're going to add. Picks. Yeah, you don't get much for thirty, though. I mean, that's that's well, a second. Yeah, the fourth. All they need they they need to add fourth, fifth round picks. I think there's a better chance of them trading thirty than ten, because you need we we could all sit here and do our own mock drafts and say the perfect place for the Eagles to land would be sixteen. Because here are the 15 we think will be off the board, and then they'll have their choice of three or four guys, that grouping that John likes to talk about. They like the group players. You know, we need to get one of these players. Yeah, but then the other team's got to want to do the deal. You can't just say, we'd like to opt out of 10 to go back to 16 and take the prerequisite draft capital in exchange for it. No, you have to have a team that says, okay, yeah, we'll give you X and Y if you let us move up from 16 to 10. I think a lot of times you throw that out there and we just – uh, wave a magic wand, and that's exactly what happens. You need someone else to uh, to the tango. Alex, yeah, I, I think there's. Partner. Yeah, I think there's still going to be a quarterback available. So I, I think somebody is going to drop. I, I don't. I don't see. What, no, what I don't it? think I've that's got, happening. I'm, you don't I, think it's I, happening? I think a guy's going to drop. Yeah, because there's there's other good players at the top. You know, let me jump in here. So I, I think I you're going to see the most both... trades ever in the, in the top 10. Okay. We'll see. I want to ask both of you guys this, because I saw this this morning and I was very intrigued by it. What is both of your guys' opinions on Bucky Brooks of the NFL network? I like Bucky. He's not Daniel Jeremiah. He doesn't have the cachet that Daniel Jeremiah has, but he's one of their quote unquote draft experts. What do you think of Bucky Brooks, Bob Groats? Yeah, I guess he's okay. Yeah, all these guys, Jody. I'm, you know, they they get a lot of stuff wrong, just like we do. Okay, so, all right. Here, you know. Here's here's why I bring up Bucky Brooks. Which, John, I'm with you. I think he's really good. I think he's every bit okay. as good a mock draft guy and a draft analyst as Daniel Jeremiah is. He has the two quarterbacks going one two, and the next quarterback coming off the board at twenty. Mm. He's got Richardson falling all the way till 20 and Levis falling out of the first round. Well, that's what I was about to say, Jody. If there's one guy who could fall, I think it's going to be Levis. But if he falls, he's going to fall a long way. Like, I don't think anybody's trading up in the mid round. I think that's an indication that you know, people just don't like that kid. And uh, the, the, I don't think Richardson, he's too talented. I, I think people might be wrong because it's all projection. Um, but somebody's going to, somebody's going to bite on Richardson mm-hmm. in the top 10. Levis, I could see, I could see him tumbling a little bit. Uh, but I, I think if he tumbles, it's going to be pretty far. Uh, it's not going to be one of that. Oh, he's going to fall from top 10 to 16. I think, I think Bucky's right. Then you're talking, you know, he's going to fall behind Hendon Hooker in the second round or something like that. That's my opinion, but it's just an opinion. Yeah. I, I think there's two quarterbacks that deserve to go in the first round. Number one, number two, and that's it. So uh, good luck to anybody who takes Richardson because he's got the uh, athletic skills kind of need to be able to, uh, be accurate and throw the football to be a good quarterback in the NFL, and I'm not sure he can do that. So. Yeah, I like the Ohio State guy. I, I like him. You like I Stroud like him. over Young. Yeah, everything Same about here. him. Yeah. What do you think of the size deficiencies of 
of Bryce Young. Does that concern you, Bob? He's a guy that can make it work. I, I, I'm not. I, I know that you hear GMs talk about uh, you, you got to. It's a, a big man's league, and even quarterback, you got to go big. And and they look at past mistakes, but uh, I, I think he's definitely he's going to be a player. So I. It would be real close between those guys, but I like the Ohio State guy. I think he's got a, a little bit more arm talent and a little more upside. And but remember, he he's never going to be an NFL quarterback because he went to Ohio State. And they've <laughs> yeah, never got those people. Yeah, they've well, never developed a winning yeah. quarterback ever. Like I mean, the fact <laughs> that Joe Burrow came out of LSU and they hadn't had a superstar quarterback since Burt Jones. He also went to Ohio State. Yeah, I remember Burt Jones. Burt Jones somehow, was Joe Burrow's become a superstar quarterback, yeah. even though he graduated from LSU. And technically, he and also don't went even to start Ohio with. State. He started at Ohio State because yeah. that's another university that they say you can't get a quarterback out of that place because it's never happened before. It's the dumbest football argument I know. Well, I'll never tell you scout what, you, the helmet. That's what. That's uh, rule number one. Never, you have ever Nick Sirianni. You have him coach uh, the guy in Chicago, Justin. I mean, you have him coach I, him. I, I think Justin he, would be he great. He would be a player. Would be great. Yeah, I mean, he, he would coaching. get the most out of him. I feel so Jody knows. I feel sorry for him because of where he is. Yeah. And that's another thing I don't think people take into account. Situation means so much to these players. Like, I think Justin Fields would already be a superstar oh, yeah. if he was in Philadelphia. I really believe that. I, I think he, Chicago. He would be- he would be I don't much think he's ever going to be a superstar. I you think know, he's and making that, plays there's on a his thing. own. Yeah, there's a thing right there, too, John and Jody. I mean, Nick had – he's a really good coach. I mean, he, he develops these young guys. He gets them to, to, to buy into this. And people think, oh, well, that's what a coach does. That's easy. It's not easy. I mean, they, they got the ultimate – they got the most out of that team that they could, you know. And, and I'm he's, – he's a very good coach. And he will put them in the right positions. Even even the playing time, you know, you hear guys coming here and they're they're talking about playing time, and they know they're gonna they they have a feeling that they're gonna be used the right amount of snaps. The guys that have had injuries, like Penny, you know that that's amazing. You know, um, the word is out. All right, and let let me go there. Oh, I'm gonna get killed on the stream here because I'm not just rubber stamping like some other Eagle executives are. Do we have right to take a wait and see attitude with Brian Johnson as the play caller of this team? Because as per this week, according to Nick Sirianni and um, Jeffrey Laurie, the Eagles have a boy genius now as their offensive coordinator that uh, Laurie was throwing. The only guy he threw more effusive praise at than Brian Johnson was Jalen Hurts, which is going to end up costing him money in the long run. But uh, that that Sirianni just loved him and what a quarterback coach we've gotten and we were worried about losing him as someone else's offense and we were so glad to be able to keep him. Okay, I can I wait and see if that works because you're gonna have to compare him to Shane Steichen and Steichen had a hell of a year calling plays. Yeah, he, he did calling plays for the Eagles. Do we just know you plug Brian Johnson in there and because he's known Jalen Hurts since he's five? that everything's going to run exactly the same as it did this year for the offense? Well, th- there will uh, be obvious growing pains, but, uh, and Jalen Hurts, he he does, you know, he does a lot of off-schedule stuff too. So he, he will figure something out within the, the confines of whatever that scheme is. And uh, it'll be much the same, but uh, 
Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think Brian. I, I think Brian Johnson will be fine. He, I mean, he, he's going to be, and and uh, with Hertz's development, he's going to look good too. Um, he, he he does a lot of off schedule stuff, and he makes a lot of big plays that way. And you know, he just Jalen is he's like your ultimate weapon right now in the NFL. If he stays healthy, I don't see how you stop him. You know, like. Um, I, although I would have loved to see that last possession with 143. I think they'd score, you know, yeah. you never know when Brandon, you know, Brandon against Tom Brady, you make the play. Maybe yeah. somebody on Kansas city make makes a play, but Chris, Chris Jones, man. Yeah, I, maybe Chris Jones makes a play, but I don't like Kansas city's chances. If they got the ball back. Oh, and by the way, Brett Veach, He's done a heck of a he's job done, there, yeah, too. He's a tremendous GM. I mean, that, that guy, guy he, he was with the Started Eagles, in Philadelphia, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. he is a heck of a guy. 13, a GM, so. 13 of the, the 32 coaches, current NFL head coaches, have been through the Novacare complex, Bob. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. so many GMs. Jason Light, Super Bowl-winning GM. Brett Veach, Super Bowl-winning GM. They were here in Philadelphia. Yeah, the Kansas Jeff- City guys told me that Veach, Veach is the guy who lobbied hardest for Mahomes. Everybody thinks it was yeah, Andy. As well. Veach yeah. lobbied hardest. Yeah, yeah. that was really, that well. and that that should tell you everything right there. I I thought it was a real yeah. I, I I a lot of people. Yeah, I get still freezing cold take today because I I you know one of my uh, misses uh, Bob Uecker wild and outside. I. I thought Patrick Mahomes was a mechanical mess coming out of college. I get freezing cold taked on that all the time. Um, but I, uh, you know what? He's not a very good mechanical quarterback. No, he, he matter. overcomes that. Yeah, he overcomes it. He's yeah, uh, he you know, it. he's throwing all platform. He's throwing no. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. That uh, shovel pass is the die for. Yeah. Well, Andy's been doing that for years, but it's even better uh, with Patrick. Um, now, John, did did you say that about Rodgers when he was coming out too? Uh, Rodgers was a little bit. Uh, I because I, he no. was a mechanical mess too. Not, I, as bad, I, not as bad as Mahomes, I but he not, would throw I off his back foot and I running and across his body the same way Mahomes does. I wasn't doing it as deeply draft stuff when Aaron won. But I didn't love Aaron. I didn't see Aaron Rodgers coming, if that's what you're asking. I'm not going to. Um, even going further back, I admit my biggest miss ever, my two biggest misses ever in my sports career, Bob Groats, Ryan Leaf in football. Oh, I knew you were going to say Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons in basketball. Um, it, but you know what? It's always about off the field stuff. There's no way I can know Ryan Leaf is a lunatic. You know, I mean, physically, he had all it took to be a good NFL quarterback. He had a lot of problems with Ben Simmons. I mean, I thought it was going to be a Magic Johnson like player. I have no idea. He's a, you know, he's got no confidence. And hey, what? Who? Who knows a basketball player that doesn't want to shoot with that yeah. talent level? I mean, it's absurd. How, how would is, that anybody is ever unique, project that? A unique skill set, yeah. yeah. Doesn't want to shoot. Yeah. I mean, it's always about issues off the field. It might be work ethic. It might be, it might be, you know, bad behavior. It might be mental issues. But it's always off the field or courts. 
It's never all in the field. They have the talent. If you're picked number one or number two, you have the talent to succeed. Jamarcus Russell be another example, although I thought he was going to be a bust. I got that one right. We just didn't have the work ethic from everybody talking about. It's not like he didn't have the talent. It's always off the field, Buff. He the had biggest, an arm. Yeah, maybe the biggest arm. quarterback uh, miss I ever had because I just went nuts over the guy and I was out there on an island by myself and damn did I sink. Uh, was See if you remember this name. Chad May from Oh, Kansas yeah, Chad, State. Kansas State, baby. Kansas State. I thought he was the next Troy Aikman. Physical, same exact build, same exact game. I thought he was going to come into the league and just be a superstar. I covered and, Chad May. Did Chad you? May. Yeah. Oh, I talked him up a blue streak. Yeah, I God, think it was, was a fifth a round. He ended up going in the fifth round. Right. So, so yeah. I didn't. I didn't end up having to eat that much crow because it wasn't like a team put all their eggs in Chad May's. The only one who put all his eggs in Chad May's basket was me. And yeah, oh, I, and, and Mike Mamula, Mike Mamula, he sacked man. him like four times in a bowl game. Yeah, yeah. Him big time. Uh, but elevating I'm, I'm, him into the I'm top making team. up for it because last year in October, I started talking up Drake May. And by the time we get to next year's draft, it'll be all about Williams and May, the top two picks, better than the two picks who are in this year's draft. So I'm going to get a May right. I got Chad wrong, but I got Drake right. I was out ahead of everybody else on Drake May, the Carolina quarterback who. Ed Kratz will try and tell me that Howell is better than Sam not Howell. Even, they're not yeah. even in the same conversation. All right, I got I got to pimp Bob at Bob Groats Delco Times. Make sure you read Bob there. Now you, your latest ex Eagles throwing dirt on Bird's talent level. Oh, CJ Gardner Johnson. Why? Why Bob? They, Why they are they throwing dirt? It. Why? Because because they're making everybody take the hometown discount. Here's here's the way the Eagles are negotiating now. Do you want it? They put the contract on the table and they it's say not a bad way to negotiate. Do you it's want it? For Do you want to be a part of this? Uh, I got to think about it. We're moving on. That's it. It's not That's a bad it, way baby. to do it, but, though. But as when John likes Chauncey, to point I, out, and I think he's accurate Chauncey, with this. That's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We all agree that that was it. They put an offer on the table. They had it there for a period of time. They pulled it off. They moved on. Oh, they didn't just move on. They brought back the two old guys. But do you factor in the fact that he's a a tough guy to coach? That he he's more effort to coach and keep in line or whatever. Are they? Uh, I, uh, does that not give them the right to go take it or leave it? No, that's an excuse. That's an okay. excuse. All right, and, well, and well, they do uh, have uh, other right, obligations. Bob, they have I've... other obligations. They're going to have to pay the quarterback. So. Yeah. And, and they looked I, at that whole thing. And that's my point with CJ. That guy can play. Well, he can play. I agree. But yeah. I'll throw this in. There are 31 other teams and nobody else paid him. I mean, well, that's because the, the whole market dried up. Well, while he was while he was there. They, I, I can imagine what that what that deal looked like. You know, that's insulting. That he says that that offer or his agent that that's insulting. Come on, we're going to go out and take a look. And meanwhile. You know how fast that first phase of free agency. Oh goes. yeah, There's you no either take left. it yeah. or you're you're going to get yourself in trouble. And um, and it didn't help either. I mean, I don't I don't know that he's worth sixteen million a year. I'm not saying that, but uh, yeah, but you know he he's kind of that that hybrid thing. But the guy is a player. He sort of ha- plays a hybrid position. He is a player, and um, 
I agree. Oh, he just can like play. how much does Fred Warner make? I'm not comparing the two, but there's a there's a linebacker. Well, Fred makes a lot for a linebacker, but yeah, but you know. traditionally they don't get a lot. Is he worth it? Yeah, that that he makes plays, and so does Chauncey, and he has an attitude. I I don't think uh, I think that's they're gonna miss him. Uh, I give you one more chance to throw dirt on. Is that why Nick Sirianni went kind of bending over backwards to talk up Reed Blankenship the other day? Because uh, so, somebody's got to step in and play for Chauncey Gardner. So uh, the coach is saying the drop-off is not that bad from the guy we're replacing to the guy we're plugging in there? Well, not not if you want to give up 38 points in the Super Bowl, no. You know, and two walk-in touchdowns, yeah. They can do that without Chauncey, yeah. That's amazing. In Super Bowl 52, it's amazing how things – I think the Eagles gave up, what, 615 yards of offense. I mean, it was an absurd number. Absurd. They were awful in that I game. I still can't believe they, they gave the up 505 play. passing yards yeah, to Brady. They made the one play. Jim Swartz, still won't, Jim Swartz still won't talk about it. Still won't talk about it. Oh, that was the best. But they made one play. One play. They're, they're going to miss Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They're, I mean, the when when he left the lineup – Maybe it's a coincidence. When he left the lineup, all the big plays left, except for some strip sacks by uh, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he's definitely know. a playmaker. I mean, it, he led the league in interceptions. He missed five games. I mean, that's all you need to know. The guy yeah. can make plays. Yeah. Um, maybe Bob Broach, how are you celebrating the last day of March? You got any plans or anything? Uh, uh, is the 1st of April more, but you got plans for tomorrow, today? Ends the month of March and tomorrow starts the month of April. You got well, anything specific laid out? No, I got a weekend pass. I get the bracelet off this this weekend, and uh, the ankle bracelet. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. See, yeah, and, and, and by the way, it was a you? parking violation. Yeah, it was a parking violation. You're going to lose something here, else buddy. this weekend, Bob. You're going to lose your blue check mark. We're all going to lose our blue check marks this. Weekend. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, unless the Delco Times wants to pay for it, um, yeah. we're all going to lose our, our blue checks to Elon Musk. How, all how our legacy go? verified people, we're yeah. going to lose our blue checks. Oh, the legacy guys? Yeah, oh, man. yeah and I, I won't be losing any sleep over that. <laughs> no. uh, Bobby Groats, always a pleasure, brother. We'll get you back on in a couple of weeks. Thanks for doing it today. All right, guys. Thanks, Bob. Uh, that is Bob Groats of the Delco Times. Uh Man, he jumped right off that James Bradbury. Now it's Terrell Edmonds. Play to Terrell Edmonds is here to get burnt on every single. Hopefully, hopefully it works out the same way for Eagles fans. But I don't for for Terrell Edmonds. Hopefully, it works out the same exact way because James Bradbury had a lot of uh, accolades uh, and a lot of credit. And he got paid at the end of the season. Even if he took less from Eagles, it's not like he came in for the quote unquote. And and I guess you could. Would you say James Bradbury took the hometown discount? Oh yeah, definitely. He took like two two million dollars less than he could have. Um, and and he said all year he wouldn't, and he did. And by the way, I don't think he made a bad decision because. I, again, I talked about the situation with quarterbacks and with Justin Fields. Um, same thing with him, man. If he goes to press coverage, he's not going to be the same player. He he is a great – he might be the best zone corner in football, period. Um, 
I, I think he made a smart decision because you can, you can go get that first year. And if you don't perform up to expectations as a big time free agent, you're going to get cut. And then you end up making less money in the long run. See that for, for me, it's twofold. And, and if you want to put a dividing line in the middle, you can, and I choose to, but I then need to explain myself. He took less than was offered somewhere else. So you can say he took a hometown discount. But when you're above what the average market is at your position to begin with, is it really even a discount at all? For me, the answer is no. If if you're getting most people project, this is what your payment, and you still get that or more, but you could have gotten even more than that and you gone somewhere else. I guess it's a discount. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. But it's not really a discount. And two guys fell into that for me this year, and that was James Bradbury and Fletcher Cox. 
that supposedly the Jets offered slightly more on a one-year deal for him to go with Joe Douglas. Oh, they did, Jody. They did. They did. The Jets offered. uh, offered Did Joe Douglas tell you that? Um, Somebody very well uh, in in the know uh, told me that. And by the way, Gary, uh, Gary said it as well. Gary, uh, Gary Myers. So, you know, Gary's pretty plugged in as well when it comes to you. Yeah, that's not bull, as they say. That because uh, right, I, I, had, I had somebody tell me that they thought it was the same ten million dollars. But uh, if your sources are better than my sources, so be it. But again, do I think Fletcher Cox merited a ten million dollar contract off the year that he had last year? The answer is no. So is it truly a discount? I guess if you define discount as less than someone else offered, then hell yeah, it was a discount. Hey, you're making more you know, than what? The, the, the you know, the funny thing, supposed- you bring that up. I go to, uh, you know, you, you can phrase it, you can put it in so many ways. And that's, you know, politics is probably the best example of this. I remember the first time I ever heard, you know, spending was described as, um, there was an increase in spending. So I'll just say that went from 10 to $15 million. And then the next year it went from 15 to $17 million. But the opposition party described that as a cut because the percentage of the increase went down. Right. There are so many ways to manipulate that kind of crap. Now in Fletcher's case, the Eagles will say, well, he had 14 million last year. And now he's making ten million yeah, this year. Take, somebody off, somebody yeah. else made him uh, offered him more, and they phrase it as you know. And they don't even, by the way, they don't use that terminology, hometown discount. But they'll say it's a good deal. Plus, he had seven sacks, and he had, I think, he had a better season than most people realize. But we've talked about Fletcher for whatever reason because he's not the player he once was. I guess you know a lot of a lot of fans take issue with it, but. They need him. I mean, they need him too because they lost Javon. Now, if they got Javon back at 16, Fletcher probably wouldn't be here. Right. The reason that Fletcher Cox got $10 million for one year, the biggest reason from the Philadelphia Eagles is because Javon Hargrave is on the 49ers. Uh, that that drove Fletcher's price as soon as Javon was, what, the second? Uh, the two fastest free agents to sign yeah. were ex-Eagles. Edwards signed in about 15 minutes in Chicago. Yeah, and Javon Edwards. about 30 minutes later with San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah, two guys left the Eagles to get really good, nice paydays. As soon as Javon did what he did, I knew uh, Fletcher was going to be okay uh, getting a pretty damn good deal coming back there to the Eagles. All right. Magamat guys, we're running way late. Uh, yeah. Timeout coming. Blake Bettyfield, former NFL executive, is going to join us coming up in less than 15 minutes now here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. 
and keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Jody Mack here with you on Birds 365. I am a little surprised that I am doing this solo. I didn't even, during the breaks, I, you do what you got to do, right? You got a couple minutes, so I ran up and got myself my third and final cup of coffee for the day, and I sit back down, and I'm looking at my show sheet, and I'm looking something up on the internet, and I didn't even realize that Johnny Mack had disappeared must have had an internet connection issue or whatever, and then uh, come back from break. And lo and behold, it's just me, Johnny Mac. Now that I was actually myself, where the hell uh, John McMullen go? Jesus, where'd you disappear to me on? Yeah, I texted that. That was an emergency uh, dog break. Uh, my dog usually sleeps through the show, but she got up early today, so I guess she was not waiting. So okay, I had to take yeah, care okay. of. Her. Well, I'm. I'm glad you're back, brother. And we got uh, Blake Benningfield, uh, former NFL scout executive, is going to jump in with us coming up in, shoot, less than 10 minutes now. Um, so uh, we'll be talking more draft and scouting and, and free agency certainly as well and uh, evaluating players. Uh, I do want to revisit just for one second since we're going to be talking about the draft and scouting. Um, the uh, Bucky Brooks latest mock, which I saw this morning, and the thing that jumped out at me was the fact that he had didn't have the Colts picking at number four, taking a quarterback that they were going to pass on a quarterback completely. I think they had he had him taking the uh, uh, the kid from uh, Texas uh, Texas Tech, Tyree Wilson, as uh, top one of the top edge rushers at number four, which they could use another edge rusher, but. Gardner Minshew, starting quarterback for the season, opening day next year, Shane Steichen calling plays, Gardner Minshew starting for the Indianapolis Colts. Hold on. Let me let me get on the line and buy some Colts season tickets. I want to see Gardner Minshew yeah. start all year for the Colts. Well, he just, might be a bridge, but, yeah, he's not going to start the whole year. He might, he might start opening day, but uh, they're going to find a quarterback. Might be Lamar uh, Jackson. One in the first round. Might be Lamar. They're the one team well, who didn't shut Lamar, the door. If it's Lamar, then it's not going to be Gardner's no bridge. Either he's a bridge or yeah, he's not. Yeah, well, a that's bridge. true. Uh, that's true as well. So, um, but I said there's a there's a chance that'll be a bridge. And obviously, if he's a bridge, it's because they drafted a quarterback in the first round. If they go get Lamar, my point is they're going. They're getting a the quarterback. So. If they're not taking a quarterback in the first round, that means they're going after Lamar most likely. So, um, but they're right. getting the quarterback, and that, that's why I brought this up because Bucky says, at least as per Bucky, they're not taking a quarterback at number four. Don't know if they're trading back into the first round. Don't know if they have someone in the second round they're targeting that they think is good enough to step in at some point, even if they go the bridge route with uh, Gardner Minshew. Here's what I thought, and and please tell me you have no idea what you're talking about, Jody, if that's the case. You're more of a reporter than I am. I'm a reactor. You're a reporter. Um, you, you and I both like the phrase that Mike Sielski uses, information broker. 
that some reporters get information specific ways and they use it specific ways and they even know they're being used, but hey, it's good information. So why wouldn't you report on it? Even if someone's got an agenda when they're giving it to you. Do you think Bucky Brooks is being used as an information broker for the cults? No, I I don't I don't think anybody cares about mock draft. There's so many mock drafts. I you know, there's and and there are ones who, you know, Daniel, as you mentioned, uh Dane Brugler at the Athletic. There there are certain ones that are you know, higher profile, but I, I don't think teams care that much about mock drafts. Do you, th- I, I, do you think Kuiper falls into that mix? I think he used to. I don't know if he does now. I, I don't, but maybe. Um, you know, certainly he's. You know, but I, I don't. I don't think. And we're going to have a former two decades scouting executive. I think he'll tell you there. Nobody's paying attention to mock drafts. I mean, uh, if yeah, you are, I, I'm putting too much uh, importance yeah. to it. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, the athletic, I joke, because Bruce Feldman put out his mock draft. He's, you know, great college football, maybe the best college football reporter. Tremendous information in there, tremendous. But uh, he, I, I joked with Bruce, I, he, he had the Eagles picking B. John Robinson at 10. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get all these questions. And, and, and Dane Brugler as well. He had the Eagles trading down. And taking Bijan at like 14 or 15 or somewhere in that range. But it ain't happening. And as I said to uh, our pal uh, last segment, it's really nice to project that. that, that that's when I get perturbed. And I know it's going to happen. You know there's going to be movement. But you're with a mock draft to begin with, you're speculating. You're, 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 you're theorizing. And you're also going to make up a trade? That hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's, well, that's when I think you're silly. absolutely going overboard. Here's at number 14 because they trade down for number 10. How the F do you know they're going to trade down to 14? That's when you're taking too much license. If you're uh, creating your own trades to fit the players into the square pegs and round holes or whatever, that's when mock draft guys lose me. Yeah. Well, I mean, people love them. Uh, but I love I think, them too, but uh, you can't, no. you can't just make no, up. They're, they're, they're an exercise in futility, which I think Xander, are we going to break or are we just going to bring Blake up? Cause uh, we did a double break because of my, uh, uh, dog issues. So we'll see Xander, anything. Are you there? Are Hello. you there? All right. We're going to go to break Jody. All right. Quickie break. Then we come back. Cause we see him in the green room. Uh, not the dark room. That's where we keep Bob Groats. No, the actual green room for uh, Blake Benningfield, former NFL executive and the scout. He's going to jump aboard next year on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. We are joined by an esteemed guest, a guy who's got almost two decades worth of NFL experience as an exec and a scout, Blake Bettingfield from bettingfieldsports.com. Good enough to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Blake, how's your off season going? It's going great. I mean, it's really not an off season anymore. Yeah, it's um, no, you know, fo- football is uh, is twelve months a year, no doubt about it, and. Uh, I, what what better day? What better way to wake up in the morning than talk a little draft? There we go. So I want to ask you. We were talking before you came on, Blake. In mm-hmm. your 19 years uh, as director of college scouting to uh, with the Titans, did you guys ever, once in those 19 years, talk about anybody's mock draft, other than maybe making fun of it? You know, when you get into those last two weeks before the draft, you're in meetings all day long. So you start to talk about other things than just players on the board. So you'll talk about mock drafts. You'll talk about what you're hearing from other people. But certain mock drafts, I think you pay more attention to than others. And, you know, like let's just say a Daniel Jeremiah, who was in the NFL for a while, has ties to certain people uh, in the front offices with different teams, definitely the Chargers because he's on the broadcast there. You're going to pay attention to what he's saying about the Chargers and maybe some other teams that he has, and we know he has connections to. But, you know, uh, you I, I go into break, you were talking about Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper works out of Baltimore. He's got very close ties to the Baltimore Ravens organization. 
I'll listen to him about that that organization. Other ones, not so much. Understood. Uh, so now we need actual scouting, not somebody's mock draft from a guy who was in the league for as long as you were. We're going quarterback first. And I know this is an Eagles-based show, and Eagles aren't taking a quarterback until maybe the day, earliest day three. But they're still the most intriguing position to talk. Uh, people say this all the time, guys who are both uh, guys who do mock drafts and scouts like yourself, a grade one draft, that you have X amount of grade one drafts. And it's not 31 this year because there's a uh, pick that was uh, lost by Miami because they tamper with somebody. It isn't a guarantee that the number of first round grades has to match up with the number of first round picks every year. Sometimes there's more. Most times there's less. How many first-round grades do you have on quarterbacks who are eligible for draft this year? You know, I have two first-round grades. And the reason I say that is, is when you're taking a quarterback in the first round, you're getting a starter, sure. But what are you getting? Are you getting a franchise-type quarterback, someone that can lead your team without the necessary personnel around them on offense? That's what I consider a franchise quarterback. And I think there are Bryce Young is one of those quarterbacks. And I think C.J. Stroud is on the cusp of that. Still a first-rounder, should be a top-12 quarterback in the league, which gets you into the playoffs. Um, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Tanner McKee, those are a little bit further back for me. There's development in place when you're talking about a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. Tanner McKee is, is probably more developed than those two, but less upside. When I talk about development, and we did this in, in rooms where we were – uh, scouting quarterbacks with coaches and that we always say needs development. Okay. That's great. Do you have the people in place to develop him just because they're a coach and they have a title of quarterback coach, offense coordinator doesn't mean they're great developers of talent. Yeah. You need to have that on staff. If you're going to have su success with those two players, they have great athleticism, size, arm strength, a lot of tools, but they haven't developed to the point to be outstanding NFL quarterbacks yet. Do you have those people on staff? That's an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. How, how difficult is it for organizations to be honest with themselves? Cause I, you know, we had Andy Reid here in Philadelphia for so long and I think about 99 and I say, well, what if one of those other quarterbacks got with Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb had to go somewhere else? I, I think the whole thing might flip just, just from the situation. And we saw it with Patrick Mahomes as well with Andy, but, does that work the same way? Well, he's going to be a great player, but maybe not that great. Uh, no question about it. I, I think it's very important to be honest with yourself in those rooms. And part of my job as director of scouting was to have some uncomfortable conversations sometimes. When we're talking, to, we, had a, we had an offensive line coach in Tennessee, Mike Munchak, great developer of offensive linemen, Jim Washburn, who you had in, yeah, in Philadelphia. No. He's a D -line, terrific developer of D-line talent. We knew we could take players in the latter portions of the draft and they would develop them into starters, not necessarily at every position uh, that we had. We were just lucky at those two really important line positions. But what you're saying with Andy Reid, he's developed quarterbacks over his time. Uh, he has a history of it. He has that uh, ability to do that. Not every coach has that. Some guys are better schemers, X's and O's, O's type guys. Some guys are the complete package and can do both. All right, so let's get past the top two, who you like Young a little better than Stroud. I like Stroud a little bit better than Young. We'll see how that plays out. And, oh, yeah, a lot will have to do with where each individual lands in a team that they're on and how they are developed. 
but go past uh, Levis and Robinson. Is there a guy that you specifically like that's day three at the absolute earliest and maybe even later in day three who's a true developmental guy? There's no way you're asking him to come in and play year one, but if he's there for two years and you get your hands on him and you build him up, you could eventually have a starter someday. Is there a specific guy that for varying reasons could be not thought about till day three that you go, yeah, if this guy lands in the right spot, he can actually uh, become a pretty damn good starter in this league. You know, I, I say pretty good starter. Uh, I don't think there's a top 15 quarterback letter later in the draft. So when I'm talking about, is there a potential starter? Yeah, there, there's a potential starter. We see starters every year that are the back, back 10 in the NFL that aren't going to take a team to the playoff and they can be considered a starting type quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think Aiden O'Connell is, is one of those quarterbacks that has a developmental upside. Uh, probably he's going to sit for a year and, and he's got a skill set that, that plays in this league. Um, I still like Stetson Bennett. I know he's small. He's a winner. He's a, he's a distributor of the ball. Do not put him on a team that doesn't have offensive talent. Put him on a team as a backup with offensive talent around him, and he can distribute the ball. That's what he does. He's a little bit older, more mature, that type of thing. Has won a lot of ball games. I think he's a backup-level quarterback that will start at some point in his career, but you're talking about a bottom-10 quarterback in the league. Um, we haven't mentioned Hendon Hooker, Tennessee guy. A um, little bit older, I think that hurts him uh, from certainly with a lot of teams had the injury issues as well, but I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, he might sneak in the back end of the first round. I think when teams are looking for starters, you're looking at a 25-year-old quarterback, mature, played a lot of college football, had a lot of success this year before his ACL injury, has some athleticism, has the ability to distribute the ball downfield vertically, uh, makes the short passes very well. He can step into a team. It's what are you looking for with that player? You know, they had a nice group of receivers around him uh, this year at Tennessee, and he, he did a good job of getting the ball to him. Can he be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Without question. Um, is he going to be an upper-level quarterback, a playoff level? I don't see that in his play. I have him right behind Tanner McKee, but not too far behind. He's right there, can be a starter in the league, and if a team's looking for that player, he's more apt to come in if healthy, which he may not be healthy, right. to play year one uh, than some of these other quarterbacks, like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. All right, Blake, want to go to a name who has been played up a lot here in Philadelphia, and that's B. John Robinson. He came in for a visit <laughs> for the Eagles. Uh, we know he's going to be drafted in the first round. The Eagles haven't taken a running back in the first round since Keith Byers going way back to the 80s. So it's been a long time. So everyone's, are they having to take a running back? How special is this kid? Compare him to someone else who's come out in the last five years, 10 years, 15 years. The level of talent that he is, almost universally, everybody has him as the number one ranked back in the draft. How high should he go? How high will he go? You know, I think he's a top five player in this draft as a talent. And when you're talking about where Philadelphia is picking, you're creating value with that player, okay? You're not only creating value now, but you're creating value in that fifth-year option potential. When you start selecting in that top ten range, You've got to create the value. If you're taking a safety or if you're taking a, a player where you got to overpay them in that fifth-year option, you're not really going to get value in that last year. So that's one piece of it. Bijan as a player is a three-down player. He has outstanding contact balance. When, when I look at running backs now, speed, vision, sure. What's your balance on contact? 
Can you maintain your, your run gate? Can you maintain your run style? Can you get yards after contact? Because you're going to see it in the league uh, very early. I don't care what offensive line you have. And you got to be able to run through tackles. He can do that. He also can be a receiver out of the backfield. And he's pretty adept at pass protection, which is something you want to see in the Eagles offense with the outstanding receivers that they have. So he, value-wise, would fit uh, high in the draft. Running backs, uh, you just – you, you think you can get them later in the draft sometimes, maybe get a little bit uh, similar skill set uh, than he has. You know, I like Bijan a little bit like Nick Chubb. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be a very good player in the league and he's going to be a very productive player. You put him on, a, on an offense like the Philadelphia Eagles that have a lot of pieces in place and an outstanding offensive line, he could have a very good rookie year and really help out Jalen Hurts as he continues to develop and progress. I mean, I, I, you know, to further sort of expound on that, the positional value as a whole, and you just talked about, you know, Mike and, and Jim Washburn down in Tennessee, you know, the Eagles are honest. I mean, Howie Roseman, for people that listen to him, is honest. It starts offensive, defensive line. He's always going to default to that. Other than quarterback, we all understand quarterback comes first, but then it's offensive line, it's defensive line, and then it's sort of, trickles down and and then running backs pretty low on that list along with I would say all fall linebacker on the defensive side do you think people in the NFL get too slavish to that positional value Blake and 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 what I mean by that is there's a certain amount of blue chip players and Bijan's probably a blue chip player and even though it's a position that normally you shouldn't look at should people think should people be more open-minded I guess is what I'm saying I think so and I think when you're a team like the Eagles and you maybe have the luxury of creating a, another blue chip type player like you're saying on your roster why not you have that luxury you're not trying to build up everything they did a very good job of last year's draft drafting the big defensive lineman out of Georgia replacing Javon Hargrave letting him leave in free agency for a big contract they let T.J. Edwards leave in free agency when the Kobe Dean taking his spot. That's how you develop and build a team over the long term. And Howie and his staff have done an excellent job of that, of foreseeing the future and doing that. They lose the running back in free agency. Now they can go out and get a rookie in B. John Robinson to replace that because they have the luxury of having a really good team around him and another pick later in that same, same round. All right. Is there, for your gradings, your ratings – an offensive lineman that jumps out at uh, that top 10 potential position. That's where the Eagles are right now at number 10. John just correctly stated, when in doubt, get into the trenches. That's been the Eagles' way of doing things. And they did lose an offensive lineman this year via free agency. They believe they've got its replacement, the guy they drafted in the second round, Cam Jerkins, last year. But just in case, now you need more depth and uh, a pick where you're going to take them and not push them year one, but eventually gonna something's going to open up like a Jason Kelsey re retirement. Um, is there an offensive lineman that's a top 10 talent in your mind this year? I don't. I, I, don't, I don't see that player. There are safe picks. There's going to be starters in the league from these uh, first-round offensive linemen, but no upper-tier uh, players to create that value over maybe a blue-chip type player, maybe even a pass rusher or a defensive lineman that you think could play significant snaps in year one. Um, this has become a league now where those first-rounders have to come in and play, and I don't care what team you're on, whether you're on the Chiefs, the Eagles, 
or, or one of the lower tier teams, you've got to come in and play and have some significant um, success early on, especially if you're going to be taken in that top 10, top 15 range. I think they're going to be offensive linemen taken in those in that top 10 range just because they're safe. You know, a, a few years ago, we selected Jack Conklin, who was a very good player out of Michigan State, who's mm-hmm. been a very good pro. But when his fifth-year option came open and the, the price tag on that fifth-year option was so high for a right tackle, the value didn't meet the pick. And, and what ends up happening with that situation is you have to let him leave after four years instead of five, and that's a significant drop-off when you're talking about taking a, a good player and he went on and to the Browns for a big free agent contract. But if you can't afford that fifth-year contract on an offensive lineman, that's not the left tackle premium position, then you got to let him leave. And I think that's tough. So you're drafting a player that's probably not a premium in that top 10, and you're going to pay for it in that fifth year. Um, Blake, I want to talk about the calendar with you. We're March 31st, so we're 27 days away. Take us into a, a building. Where where are you at this point, and how drastically can things change for you at this point? Can they drastically change for you at this point? So when you when you go through the scouting season, the fall and basically part of the uh, All Star Game are scout heavy, GM heavy, personnel director scouts. Then the coaches get into the evaluation. That's where it changes. Okay, they've been evaluating their team all year. They self-scout their team. Now they're part of the draft process, starting with the All-Star Games, definitely the Combine, and then through Pro Days. That's where those the board starts to change a little bit. When position coaches start to, start to evaluate players, head coaches, coordinators. Now you're going to have some movement, and you're going to have movement based on maybe this player that we really liked in the fall, the scouts really loved. His personality just doesn't fit the room. Maybe we've changed GMs and head coaches like the Arizona uh, Cardinals changed GM head coaches. Now that's totally thrown out the window. We've got a brand new board starting with a new GM. That does change some things. But but right now, there should just be incremental changes. Maybe if you have a group of second-round players, maybe somebody goes to the top that was at the bottom, but they shouldn't jump rounds. That's where you make mistakes. That's where players are, are brought up on the draft board too much because of maybe a personality trait fast 40, what have you. Um, some of this, I can develop a player, comes into play, and they get jumped up. So those things happen, and then they start to settle down a little bit as the calendar goes to the draft in those last two weeks. Now you have the meeting of the scouts and the coaches, and they have to agree. Let me bring in another factor, and if it's not that big a factor, please tell me, but I would think it would be medicals. Where does that factor in? Is that on the scouting level? Is it on the general manager level? You're going to get medicals on a player. You're going to have your medical guys evaluate them and uh, look at the MRIs and the CAT scan and everything else. When does that get factored in? On what level and how big a factor does it play? So once the medical information is given to our doctors and our trainers, they start to put that in the in the books uh, right right off the bat. Put it in the report of the player. And as a director, I would always see that. And, I, you know, the worst thing that can happen is the medical stuff because you're not getting good reports. You're only getting bad reports. So <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing to happen for a scout. You see a player that you love, really fits your team. You built a relationship with, you know he fits, and the doctors just crushed him, just put a medical reject on him. And you hate that part of it. 
Uh, but it is a necessary part of the, sure. the puzzle that you're trying to, to come up with, and they have their job. And I think when you keep it separate, let them do their job, let the police, FBI, the, the, the off-the-field stuff do their part. We do our part as football people. Coaches do their part as, as the coaches. That's when you work together. But, but it is a, it's, it's a very important part, Jody, like you mentioned. Um, it, it's, it's the worst day for a scout and coach because you're only going to get players taken off the board. But it does start to make the board clearer uh, because those players are taken off or dropped around because of the value is now lost. Um, Blake, um, you mentioned Bryce Young. We talked about him. Um, there's some size issues there. Uh, I look at the kid from Pitt, who who I love. There's some uh, size issues there. Uh, Kalaja Canty, the defensive tackle. Um, a couple of years ago, Micah Parsons. A lot of people are saying, well, he's got to be an all-ball linebacker because his arms weren't long enough, and he's one of the best edge rushers in football. Do you think the success of the Aaron Donalds, the uh, uh, Micah Parsons, the, the you know, Kyler Murray's of the world, you've been doing this for a long time. Have, have things changed? Are people uh, more willing to look at guys who don't meet the traditional measurements for success at a particular position? Absolutely. And, and it's because of success. We have to learn through other people sometimes, like you mentioned an Aaron Donald. Um, you know, when I went to Pitt and I watched Aaron Donald, first thing I did was go out to practice and I was like, wow, he is small. Then I turn on film and go, no one's blocked him yet. I, I can't see a guy blocking him. And, and they'll double team him and he'll split the double team and he runs as well as a linebacker. And you start to see different traits that overcome the lack of size. And that's what I'm looking for. What are the traits that overcome some of your lack of physical size or our athleticism? You know, there's a lot of players today, you know, the Tyrone Matthews, the Aaron Donalds, even Jason Kelsey, for example. Yeah, yeah. Not the size you want from a from a heaviness. Kevin Mawai was like that. We had Kevin Mawai, and you know, he was he was struggling to get to 280, 285. But you know what he was? He was super smart, very savvy, tough, mean, great hands, great feet, great movement skills. Same thing Kelsey has. What makes him a great player and a future Hall of Famer? Those things are a little bit different. They're outliers because they have special traits that overcome that lack of size. And there's so many of them. When you, you know, even the um, the Jalen Waddles and the Tyreek Hills, that outstanding quickness, run vision after the catch, speed, burst, acceleration overcomes maybe the lack of height, length, speed that you're always looking for. So, so yes, I think the league has adapted and evolved. Uh, with some of the smaller players. Blake, I'm going to make a general definition statement here and need you to react to it. Football has become sports just in general, but football as much as any other has become an analytical game that, that people need to have a number that they can sink their teeth into if they're going to understand something. And I'm sure that's the case with scouting as well. Which number would mean more to you with a guy Oh, I don't know, say a, a defensive tackle. Number of tackles or what he runs the 40 in? That you've got the, the data of the combine and the data of the season. How do you balance those two things if you're a data-driven scout? You know, I'm going to answer this a couple of different ways, but I, I, it's a great question because I go with production. I, will, I go with production, but scouting, in my opinion, is a series of questions you ask yourself. Why does a player make a play? Why doesn't he? You know, who is he playing against? You know, different questions you ask yourself of, you know, if, if a 
defensive lineman, for example, has eight tackles in a game, you know, four behind the line of scrimmage, who's he playing against? You know, how did he make those tackles? You know, what did he use to 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 have success? You know, is that success what he used? Um, you know, uh, technique wise, fundamental wise, uh, pass rush uh, wise. Is it going to work on the next level? Those things I think you ask yourself. So to answer yourself, I would look at production first, but not production just in the number of tackles or sacks. I love pressures and hurries and, you know, things that move players off their spot on the other side. Um, if, you, if you're a player that can create havoc and you have other players to clean up um, sacks or, or tackles, you're, you're a productive player. Uh, just because you didn't make the tackle, you're still productive. So those different things I love to see, but I would uh, uh, definitely look at production over tackles any day. But but I you know I look at that and I and I'm going to have to contradict myself. I remember when Richard Seymour and Marcus Stroud came out of Georgia. Okay, two great players side by side. I think Richard Seymour had a sack and a half, and Marcus Stroud had two in their last year. They both went into the league and had outstanding careers. Obviously, Richard Seymour elevated. So you have to look at the why. Why, why weren't they making plays? They were playing in a scheme where they were two gappers instead of up the field penetrators. And you saw the ability. That's why both of them went the first round. Yeah. Uh, and make sure you follow Blake on Twitter at Blake Bed, B E D D. Uh, you can read them, uh, bettingfieldsports.com. Uh, um, we, we've mentioned Jordan Davis a little bit earlier because he was the 13th pick in the draft last year. Blake, the Eagles traded up, targeted, trade up to get him. He's not a stat guy. I mean, I, I said day one, Jody can tell you. People are expecting sacks, and that, that's not him. He's the guy who ties up people and lets N'Kobe Dean run to the football and make plays. When, when you pick that high in the draft, does – you know, I call it esoteric. You know, a lot of fans aren't going to see it, see his impact on the game if everything works out. <clears throat> that doesn't matter to a team, right? They don't care. As long as he's helping you win, they don't care about stats. Correct. Right? And you start to look at the players around him. And, you know, they did a great job with Hassan Reddick. And, you know, yeah. this year, like you're talking about Kobe Dean. Kobe Dean's going to be the stat guy. He's the one that's going to clean up yeah. everything on the inside. And, and a lot of it's going to be because Jordan Davis is tying up two blockers. He will flash that penetration and and reroute a running back, changes changes angle on the, on the, on the run play, maybe get the quarterback off his spot. Uh, a couple of times just because of his size, length, and ability to take a gap at times. So he has that ability to play three downs, but you're right. He's never going to be a double-digit sack guy. He's not going to be a, a, an impact player from that standpoint, but he's going to be an important piece if he continues to learn and develop his game because he's got it. He's got the size, he's got the raw strength, and he's got some uh, up-the-field penetration skills, but other players are going to benefit from him being on the field. All right, Blake, last one for me. And again, thanks for jumping in with us today. Uh, it's draft day and you've got all your uh, rankings and your board and your scouts and the guys that you specifically saw, whatever, and the draft is going along and you're having a good day or you're having a bad day, whichever one it is. And there's a team that takes a player and it doesn't come close to matching up with where you guys had them ranked or what you thought on the player where you go. Yeah, good luck with that. And they, they got no idea what they're doing. Or you go, oh, spit, they took him that high because their reputation was that good that maybe you think you might have missed it. What, what was the team, not individual, but what was the team that you 
would say, all right, well, I know, uh, good luck on that. Or the team he'd said, uh-oh, uh, who are those two teams that, because of your experience, that many drafts you sat in on, that you said, if they think this, maybe I should be thinking it, or if they think this, no, I'll stay with what I originally thought. You know, I'll say this for, for years, and it was one of our biggest rivals, but if the Ravens took somebody under Ozzie Newsome that we didn't have as high, I started to go, hmm. What are we missing here? Because they had a lot of <laughs> they had a lot of success in the draft, and 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 they had a really nice job, that really good uh, staff to develop players as well. Because you're like, ooh, I hope hope we didn't miss on this one. Because not only are they the Ravens and one of our biggest rivals, but uh, they have success in that draft. And and there were some other teams where I would sit there and say probably uh, we're talking about early 2000s where maybe the Bengals took somebody a little high, and I wasn't as worried. Um, you know, I just wasn't as worried at that point. They they were heavy on power five teams. They they weren't going to select smaller school guys, but you know, they weren't uh, as much of a concern at that point. Yeah. Just because, but now they are. Now now they develop they are, and, and they drop are. One. And by the way, Duke Tobin. I mean, he's got like five scouts, Blake. That's part of it. I mean, the Eagles they're like twenty five deep in their personnel department. I, I Duke Tobin does an amazing job. You know, I've known Duke for thirty years, and Duke is an outstanding scout. And what he's really uh, done a good job of is is roster construction. And I think that's early on in the Bengals. They always had good players. Corey Dillon, they had Carl Pickens. They had great players. They just didn't develop a roster. Now he's developing a roster. And, you know, he, he's not satisfied anymore. Took Jonah Williams in the, in the first round, left tackle. Didn't work out. We're going to go sign Orlando Brown. Let's go do that. Duke is a very good GM, and you, you're seeing the uh, success the Bengals are having because of it. Last one uh, for me. We know the quarterbacks are going to go high in this draft. You said that you had two QBs that will probably go in the first round that you wouldn't even have a first round draft pick, uh, uh, draft grade on. Um, are either of the two at the top, Joe Burrow or Herbert or Jalen Hurts, who's played himself into that conversation for sure this year? Three years from now, we're going to be talking about either one of these guys as a guy who's going to be getting a $50 million contract. You know, I think Bryce Young is that player. Um, all these players need talent around them. And I think when you have success, like Joe Burrow, for example, you know, let's second year bring in Jamar Chase, bring his teammate, bring an outstanding playmaker with him. They all need that. And, and they can't develop if they don't have players around them. But Bryce Young has that potential, I think, to be uh, just an outstanding NFL quarterback. He has unique skill set outside of the, the physical limitations of accuracy, intelligence, field vision is rare and outstanding. I like him to Drew Brees. I think that's who he is. And um, I think he's going to be a very good, very good pro. Hey, Blake, I can't believe, sorry, uh, trying to keep keep you on too long. But no, you're fine. Uh, A.J. Brown, I forgot to ask you about A.J. Because you have connections in Tennessee. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. I saw him. I knew he was good. But I saw him, and I'm like, I didn't know he was this good. Why, why, why wouldn't the Titans say, hey, we got to pay this guy? You know, that was a huge mistake, and it cost uh, the GM his job. And, and that's, a, um, you know, that's a mistake you can't make. You got three years out of a player that had a four-year contract, could have had a fifth year with a, with a franchise tag that would have been you know, definitely uh, easy to pay for the production that he gives. And your window to have success was a two- to three-year window. Because of that trade, their window is, is diminished. Now they have an older – Ryan Tannehill, now they have an older Derrick Henry, and Philadelphia's window is is just now opening up with a lot of the young players. But A.J. Brown is strong. He's tough. 
Uh, he makes the tough catches. He wants to play in big games. You know, he, he had some hamstrings and things in Tennessee that the production was still there and an outstanding player. And he's a gamer. He brings some intensity to a team that the Tennessee always liked, but now bringing it to Philadelphia. Uh, that was an outstanding trade for Howie and uh, got a player that steps right in with Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Hurts needed that extra player. You know, you have to give the hats off to the Eagles GM because he made an outstanding trade there. But uh, the Titans suffered for it. One guy lost his job for it, and now they're probably in kind of a soft rebuild. Yeah, we've kind of put the check mark in the Eagles column for that one already. No yeah, when you're in it, don't think the results are going to be changing anytime soon. Check out his website, bettingfieldsports.com. Blake, we appreciate you jumping in and giving us as much time as you did today. We'll probably get to try and get you on again before the draft takes place. Thanks for doing it with us this afternoon. My pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you, Blake. Our pleasure. Blake Bettingfield, <laughs> uh, executive in the NFL. Mochi I forgot AJ. I'm glad I snuck that in. At yeah. The uh, yeah, that, I called out a W for Howie from last yeah. year. That's a big-time W for Howie. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. You know what we got to do? Put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. 
Find out why they say, we got this. Football Friday, towards 365. Uh, Johnny Mack, we started the show talking about the newest Philadelphia Eagle, Kentavious Street, who's coming in to fill a void at defensive tackle. Eagles lost uh, Javon Hargrave. We're not going to say he's going to be the next Javon Hargrave, but just body-for-body body replacement. They've done a lot of that. Safety, linebacker. I haven't added a wide receiver yet this year. And I think that uh, I'm not as big a Quez Watkins fan as some other people are, including the head coach of the team, or at least that's the uh, spin that he's putting out there that uh, Quez had a, a pretty good year and will only get better. Sorry, I, uh, I'll go the other way. On By the way, even Quez admits he doesn't have a good, he didn't have a good year. So, yeah, so but not, not, not according to Nick Sirianni. No. Um, if somebody's going to get uh, uh, signed over the next two days before you and I return, wide receiver, the best position to, to wager on? Uh, do you think? That's yeah, close? that's another, uh, you know, I called it draft proofing the roster. Right. Um, uh, you you want to do that before the draft. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, boy, there's that kid from the Falcons. I can't think of his name. Uh but he's a Philly kid. It, well, he's got a really difficult name to pronounce. Um, boy, um, going to try to look it up real quick. He 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 would make some sense to me. Um, it, but I I do think they're going to bring in a body at some point at that position because it it's not only Quest. I by the way I think um, uh. Olamides Zacchaeus, uh, I don't, I don't know how to, but that's who I'm talking about. He's still out there. Um, he was pretty productive. I, obviously, you know, at this stage, we're talking about lottery tickets, right? Um, I, I do think they're going to get one there, but it's got more to do. I, I do think they want Quez to be the third receiver still. Um, but they, they don't have anything behind Quez. I, you know, right, I mean, they lost Zach Pascal. Yeah. Um, so they need bodies and, and, and it's the same thing we talked about. You don't want to go in the draft and say, well, we need to take a receiver. We need to reach, even if it's the seventh round or they pick up a fourth round pick or a fifth or sixth, you don't want to be in that position. So I do expect them to bring somebody in, but I think it's going to be more of the lottery ticket type of player that has been the theme of this off season. All right. Let, and, let me go down the lottery road since I do buy lottery tickets from time to time you can purchase the double the winning amount you can pay extra to if you should hit not the mega prize because it doesn't matter you hit the mega prize you get it all whether you're just laying out your two dollars or you're doubling to get the four but if you hit for a thousand dollars and you double and you pay for it you can make that much more so this guy would be a little bit more than the lottery ticket veteran nfl uh, minimum not much more Jarvis Landry. Yeah, no. no You're no, done with him? No. no. I, I mean, age right off the bat. 30. Yeah, he's 30 years old. Yeah. Um, uh, plus, 
he's not going to be happy here. I mean, Jarvis is a, he's a guy used to getting the football. I mean, they, they want a role player. They want a Zach Pascal type. They want to, you know, you're not getting the football here, barring injury. Then things would change. Like, it's easy to say, you know, just get good player, good player, good player, good player, good player. But good players aren't going to be happy in these reduced roles, not never getting the football. So that's why roster building is so difficult. It really is. Because I always compare it to utility guys in baseball, Jody. Back in the old days, not necessarily today, but, you know, there there are certain guys, you know, you play once a week. You got to be able to to produce once a week, whereas you might have a far more talented player, but you put him in the minors because he can't play once a week. You just can't. Um, and there's a, there's a unique skill set. I think Jarvis has been a very good receiver. He's probably got something left, but I just, he's never going to get the football here. And they want a role player. I'll give you the argument for him to come here. How'd it go last year in New Orleans? You think he enjoyed himself playing on that bad football team with bad quarterbacks? He probably got a little bit more from them than anybody else that he did. Or would he rather, to use a John McMullen phrase, ring shot? Jump here, play with Jalen Hurts. No full well, you're getting less targets. You can go, you want to go join a bad football team and get the ball thrown to you that much more? All right, fine. But yeah, you're going to be 5 and 12 at the end of the season. Or would you rather come here to Philadelphia, play with Jalen Hurts, play for Nick Sirianni? Yeah, you're the third guy at best, but there's upside to it. Any way you can spin that if you're the Eagles? I mean, he might be at that position. He didn't play a lot last year. I guess he was hurt. He was hurt. Um, he only played seven or 17 games. Um, you know, this is his 10th year. But this is, uh, I, I don't It's always depending on where you are in your career. Like, Dominican Sue was a phenomenal player for a long time, you know, but he was 35, 36. Maybe he'd be that guy. Maybe he he's the guy you bring in in November if you know somebody gets hurt and he's going to play a little bit more. I I think you know I think roles role players are important. I think roles are important, and you got to have people who understand their roles. Maybe he would, but I I just don't see it. I I just threw a name out there because I've always liked the player. And oh, he he's like a, a five-time Pro Bowl player, or something like that. I mean, he's a good really good receiver um and that's part of the problem i mean it's like odell everybody says eagles should get odell beckham i mean he's not gonna come here he's he's odell beckham he doesn't want to sit and get two targets a game like quez watkins right but odell beckham's at least it's being thrown around at a some are saying 20 million dollar number that's got no chance 10 million dollars no chance Jarvis Landry only made three million dollars last year. No, I'm not. I'm not comparing those two right now. But you know what I'm saying is, people like big names, the big name trap, and roles are important in the NFL, and uh, that's why we snicker at Zach Pascal. But you know, he did a nice job in this role. If if uh, Jarvis Landry is signed on Monday. Be tuned here because yours truly will take a victory lap. I, I, I I'm not planning on it. That's for damn sure. It's just yeah. a, uh, take a well, he's going to have to take there and there's a narrative to be told 
that would make Landry a fit for the uh, Eagles. So we shall see on Monday. Find a good job this week. You know, today was show number 496. 496. So, 496. Thursday. I got to get, week. Uh, by the way, happy WrestleMania weekend. Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes, Jody McDonald? If Cody beats Roman, he will have the title less than nine months. They may give it to him, milk it for six months, turn around, flip it to somebody else, and then it goes back to Roman. Roman, If Roman loses, he will be without the championship for less than a year. His run as a champion is not over yet. It, it will continue. It might stop and then restart again at a future date. Yeah, I think that's probably the way they're going to go. I think that the right. Rhodes wins. Right. I'm but hoping. He, he will not go. How many is Roman like two plus years? He Almost is, three. He is two, but well over two years. He's closing in. Yeah, no no a, chance Cody Rhodes has that type of run. No. Uh, he gets a championship, no. but it's back off him in less than a year. He's he's getting very close to a thousand days. Yeah. I'm I think they want to get to a thousand. I think it's gonna oh, be. Oh, you think a he's surprise. gonna keep it? I think he's gonna keep it. All right. Uh, I'll say Cody wins it, but doesn't keep it going down the road. Should be a good show on Sunday. Enjoy. Should be a good show here Monday on Birds 365. We're sneaking up on show number 500. But before we even get there, year three starts Monday. You and I have been doing this for two years, McMullen. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Who who would have thunk it? Jody McDonald. Year he's, number he's, three of John McMullen and Jody McDonald, a.k.a. Mac and Mac on Birds 365. Be here Monday with us when we start year number three. Have a great weekend, everybody. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.